0: Blog
1: Talk Radio Good morning everyone, this is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio show. My guest for this morning is Dr. Gloria Kaye. She is an energy specialist, hands-on healer, and pioneer of yoga therapy for the last 30 years. Dr. K has touched the lives of thousands of clients working in conjunction with physicians and healthcare practitioners. Dr. K and I will be discussing her life's journey as a healer and her new book, Healer's Hands, Healer's Heart. Good morning, Dr. K. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? morning.
2: Very well, and I'm looking forward to this chat that we're about to have.
1: Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Your book is a wonderful read. It is very informative and insightful, so congratulations with that.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment.
2: Oh, my goodness, I'll do that as quickly as I can. Well, I'm an only child. I was born in Philadelphia. I um, started with music and art and dance lessons when I was very young. And so I have this strong creative drive that doesn't leave me, even though I'm, I'm no longer a child. I'm very much a senior, but I am absolutely driven by my creativity And um, I got married young. I have three children. My first uh, child was born when I was 19 and my third when I was 23. So I was very busy. I started my first degree when I was 25. I put myself through school uh, teaching the piano and typing. Now, how is that motivation? (laughs) (laughs) And I finally got my doctorate, uh, which also was um, a challenge because at the time, my interest in yoga was not really appreciated, and my first dissertation topic was the effects of yoga on a depressed institutionalized geriatric sample, and that was in nineteen seventy four and I naively thought that they would let me out.
0: <laughs> the dean
2: finally yeah, right, the dean finally took me aside and said, "If you quote me, I'll deny it, but we don't like your topic, and I'll be on your committee the next time if you want to do this." <laughs> and that's when I came out so really i this is that was one of the bigger challenges in my life, apart from having three children in thirty nine months but anyway, um I came to California, and uh my last dissertation, which was passed, was on yoga therapeutics, and that was the practical application of yoga to uh depression, anxiety, substance abuse, sexual dysfunction, and environmental stress. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it opened so many doors, and the one thing that I did learn, um, having received my doctorate, was how to get out. (laughs) That sounds (laughs) so terrible, but uh, Mm -hmm. actually, uh, that was the truth. (laughs) I learned Mm -hmm. how to get out. I learned how to get my degree after, uh, really, three attempts. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. opened so many doors for me. I would encourage anyone to go for an advanced degree. Um, It changed my life in that. It opened so many doors. I was able to teach first-year medical students at UCLA, and I don't think Mm -hmm. that would have happened if I didn't have a Ph.D. And it just goes on and on and on, and the attraction uh, that, let me see, the the Ph.D. made me more
0: attractive Mm -hmm. to the skeptics, you know? Yeah, yeah, And
2: uh, that's my story. And so I finally... And I, I want to give a plug to my book shepherd Ellen Reed. If it hadn't, really, if it hadn't been for her and her encouragement, the manuscript yeah. would still probably be on a shelf in my office.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: she she was very skilled with putting it together, and I'm very pleased with the outcome. It's a very presentable book, and it's an easy read. Uh, you know, if you're going to if you're going to travel from one coast to Another, it's a great airplane book. It's just a very mm-hmm. comfortable book to be
1: with. Right. It is. It was very so, well designed. I like it very much. It has lots of good information, good facts, good testimonials about the fact that the things that we're going to be talking about, it's real. It's been achieved. So it's not something in the future. It's basically talking about the past and the present. Obviously, that will affect the future as well.
0: Yes. Yes, correct
1: the fact that you started in the 70s. And it's quite interesting because that's where the nation as a whole were riding on that wave about alternative medicine. And, of course, yoga has always been around, but certainly it was finally picking up speed. And the fact that you were able to really study at a great extent, and like you were talking about, you were teaching the first-year medical students at UCLA basically the art of Healing Touch. How was that experience like?
2: It was a beautiful
1: experience.
2: This was a uh, a selective, so it was not Mm -hmm. a mandatory course. So the uh, students were um, very, very interested because they didn't have to take the class. Mm -hmm. And uh, I taught them many techniques when they worked with each other. And Fox News came and interviewed my students and it was one woman in particular who said that she thought it changed her life in the way she would be a doctor because it's a very intimate approach to yeah. being with someone. Yeah. Yeah. So that was quite an interesting experience, and but I repeated absolutely in a nanosecond, but I, you know, I completed what I needed yeah. to complete.
1: Certainly, I understand that. You did a lot of work over the years as well with Zeta-Sinai Hospital with cancer patients as well?
2: Yes, I, I do work with cancer patients. But I want to make it very clear in case someone is interested in that aspect of my work. I can almost, I need to say this, guarantee that Mm -hmm. I can help a cancer patient who's in pain be more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Almost guarantee. Most Mm -hmm. recently, I worked with someone who um, was recovering from uh, pancreatic cancer. And I always Mm -hmm. use the word recovering when I'm talking about
0: cancer patients
2: that I've treated or who are in treatment. And so I want to bring this point uh, home to your listeners. To say, I have cancer, I'm a cancer patient, is really an affirmation. And it's a better affirmation to say, I'm a recovering uh, mm. cancer patient. It gives room uh, to, to recover rather than sure. to be to stuck in, I am a cancer patient. At any rate, uh, this man came into my office, his skin was ashen. I didn't I, – it was really a challenge. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to help him. And he had had uh, some surgery associated with the pancreatic cancer. Anyway, he walked out, and he was pain-free. And as part of his recovery, he bought a boat, and he and his wife were going down to the harbor, and they were going to refurbish the boat. <laughs> so, you know, attitude has an awful sure. lot to do with, with recovery. But anyway, to get back to the specifics of cancer mm. – Yes, I have evidence that the work I do will reduce cancer cells. Mm -hmm. Now, cancer cells are very volatile, in my opinion, and I think that's one of the reasons they respond so well to this treatment. Mm -hmm. So most recently, I did a remote healing, and to your listeners, please feel free to contact me if you would like to, Mm -hmm.
1: to have a remote
2: healing. But I just did a remote healing on a woman, another woman with pancreatic cancer, She had many lesions, the small lesions uh, dispersed, and the large lesion um, uh, reduced one centimeter. So, you know, it happens. It really, really happens. There was another woman I worked with who was a a medical technician. She came into my office with a diagnosis of breast cancer. I worked on her one time, and then she went back, had five ultrasounds, no evidence of the cancer. So cancer can respond well but again I don't want to put myself out as a cancer expert or give anybody a false hope but if sure. you if you are in pain if you are in pain I I'm I'm I can almost guarantee that I can can help you get mm-hmm. out of the pain associated with cancer.
1: Wonderful. How did you discover you had the ability to heal?
2: The ability to heal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I was in my late 20s, and the incident um, occurred when a friend of mine who was a dancer said to me, do you remember two years ago when you worked on my foot and um, she had had an injury? I said, yes, I do. She said, my foot has not hurt me since then. And that's when the light bulb went on that I might Mm -hmm. be a healer. Now, that's not to say I wasn't doing healing uh, before that, I just yeah. always knew what to do with people, and so I did. Mm-hmm. And even when my my children were very young, I remember <laughs> they all had the chicken pox together, and they were quite <laughs> miserable. And my mother came over. This is kind of a funny story. My mother came over, and um, she she's a, she had a great sense of humor. Anyway, mm-hmm. all of my children standing on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> So she came in and she wanted the warm welcome, you know, for a mm-hmm. grandmother. But they were they were suffering from their chicken pox, and I suggested that they stand on their heads. <laughs> That's what they can do.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: when she walked in, they did not embrace her, and she was just, you know, wondering what is wrong with this
0: picture. But from the
2: very beginning, I don't know, I remember when I was 16, I was with a friend who was having a lot of emotional issues, and I watched the structure of her face. Mm -hmm. And that was the first recollection that I had of something happening as a result of my having an interaction with someone. So that's my first recollection. Was I doing stuff before that? Probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as Mm -hmm. I said, I didn't know I was a healer. I just assumed everybody could fix the knee or fix the head or fix the
1: Mm
2: -hmm. the, the neck or whatever, you know. Um, But it's always been with me. If you wake me up in the middle of the night, it's still with me.
1: Yeah. So I people. don't go
0: into
2: Yeah, I don't go into a trance. If someone okay. tells me what their issue is, I do get yeah. a psychic picture of what's going on. But again, I don't go into a trance. I just address the issue.
1: You have a lineage, obviously you are Russian. What's interesting about when you talk about divine gifts and so forth, sometimes it's a special gift from God that it's transferred from generation to generation. Let's talk a little bit about that.
2: Absolutely. My great-aunt Katie was a healer in Kiev, which is now Ukraine rather than Russia. I was just Mm -hmm. reading an article about Kiev and that it's such a sophisticated uh, city just last night. I thought, hmm, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Katie would probably turn over in her grave. But anyway, (laughs) um, uh, Katie used to help people. Now, she wasn't called a healer, but if people had an issue, she would fix them. She would help them. And so the family story is that Katie used to help people. And so I realized I inherited my gift from her, and there's some controversy about this um, in terms of inheritance, but um, I do believe in my case it skips a generation. So it was my great-aunt Katie, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I have the gift, and now my grandson has the gift. So it seems to with this particular lineage, it seems to skip a generation. sometimes it doesn't, but most definitely, this was god given and I can thank Aunt Katie as well.
1: <laughs> Very interesting. You also have a wonderful mentor in Russia, Barbara Ivanova.
0: Yes, that's
2: correct. Barbara was wonderful, and I did meet her in Moscow.
1: Mhm.
2: And because of my ancestry, I was absolutely compelled to go to Russia, and this was in the mid-'80s. And I met Barbara. She was a healer or could still be alive. I don't know. I've lost track. And my experience with her was very interesting. Um, The KGB definitely was active at that time. And when I first met her, she said, oh, we need to walk around the block. She was a linguist. (laughs) There was no problem. Yeah. There was no problem with the language because she was a linguist. Yeah, and she said we need to walk around the block because we can't trust that we won't be overheard. I thought, well, maybe she's you know a little paranoid, but uh-huh. anyway, we walked around the block and we had a nice chat. And uh, then when I got back to my room, my room had been ransacked. My room oh, wow. had been, yeah. And I had a little uh, mini cassette at the time. It was maybe four inches by two inches, totally mm-hmm. antiquated mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at this time, but. Anyway, uh, they, they did not confiscate that, and I had an interview with her that I recorded on that, but everything mm-hmm. else was just ripped apart. So the KGB was very active. Then I had another incident when I was in Russia. I was with a tour guide, and I went into an in-tourist uh, entity where mm-hmm. foreigners can buy various things, and my tour guide came with me. Well, that was not a good move on his part, because Mm -hmm. they um, held him captive. They held him captive, yeah. So when I left Russia, I have to tell you, it was a big sigh of relief. It was a a fascinating experience. Mm -hmm. And, yes, I would do that again, and I'm sure it's quite different now. Um, But at the time, it really was quite repressive, yes. Barbara and I uh, had some tea or coffee, at an awful, awful cafe. I can remember it. It was terrible. the <laughs> coffee was terrible. And, and then she introduced me to long-distance healing. And what she did was just to gaze across the table. And I thought that was an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And then years later, a friend of mine called and said, oh, I have a terrible flu. You have to help me. And she had called on the phone. And I said, well, I don't know what to do. She said, yes, you do.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And that's when I started this technique of remote healing. So she got better, and since then I've treated people worldwide using Mm -hmm. uh, this remote technique.
1: What is the difference between the energy movement you do compared to Reiki?
2: Well, what I uh, believe is that mine is very specific. Mm
1: -hmm. So if
2: you come to me with an arthritic finger, I will help your finger. If Mm -hmm. you come to me with a migraine, I will help your migraine. If you come to me with a sinus condition, and we were going to talk about that, I mm-hmm. will help you. So it's very, very specific rather than a generic healing. Now, that's not to say the energy doesn't move through the body. It does move yeah. through the body and yeah. it affect different areas, even though I'm working on the finger or I'm working on the head or whatever it is. But right. uh, it, it's very specific. And before... Um, uh, being an energetic healer was uh, acceptable. I used to call myself a pain management specialist, so I would zero in on the particular need of the client.
1: When should someone seek out an energy healer?
2: Well, That's a great question. I've traveled extensively, and uh, in Mexico, what I do is distinctly in the culture. So this is Mexico, and I have a cousin in Costa Rica. I've been there many times. Had a following in Costa Rica. Anyway, depending on the culture, mm-hmm. in Mexico, the first choice is the healer. The healer is not successful, then you can see a physician.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the opposite.
2: The opposite is true here, but not as right. true as it is. It, you know, now people are seeking the services of the healer uh, very frequently before being a physician. And when I see people, um, you know, for instance, I'm just going to give you a good example. Oh, yes. Okay. So someone had, I recently treated, someone had a broken
0: collarbone
2: and I said, well, and he was going to have an X-ray or an MRI, whatever. And I said, please let me treat you before you do that because you'll have a more accurate baseline. So in other words, my work, you know, can contribute to the healing. And then Mm. when you do go to the doc, you'll get a more accurate baseline.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So true.
2: That's very interesting. uh, Yeah, it is interesting. It is interesting. Or if you, you know, people will come to me with, oh, very strange, (laughs) very strange, misdiagnosed, undiagnosed (laughs) issues. And I don't really need a diagnosis. I just need to have permission to work on someone. Sure. yeah yeah
1: that's very interesting. Does the patient need to believe in the concept of energy healing for it to work?
2: No, no, I prefer not to work on someone who comes into my office and has their hands crossed again you know has their have their head and has their arms crossed against their chest. I'd prefer mm-hmm. not to do that, but no because it's very it's a very mechanical thing. I look at the structure yeah. of the body can make uh, changes in the structure and the energy moves more freely through the body and the issues are addressed. So the answer is no. And the other um, response i like to have to that question is I work with animals and how do you negotiate with an 18-hand stallion? You don't. You know, Mm -hmm. it just is. It Mm -hmm. just is.
1: Is energy healing safe for everyone?
2: Yes. Yes. It's a very, very safe intervention. Um, I'm thinking about one person that I worked on many, many years ago who had some issues. don't even remember what the issues were, but she developed a headache, a severe headache afterward. Mm -hmm. And this can happen because sometimes as the energy clears an area, it's not always comfortable. And this can happen particularly with arthritis. You know, as the cells are dispersed, it's like a jackhammer getting in there, getting rid of the unwanted cells. And so it can be it can be uncomfortable. It usually doesn't last very long, but this one particular situation that I was thinking about lasted about a day. But you know, a a person can be uncomfortable, say, for anywhere between twenty minutes and an hour if it's an arthritic condition and the
0: cells are dispersing. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen that frequently.
1: Is the result immediate?
0: Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it
2: is. Uh, within 45 minutes to an hour, you will notice a difference. I'm not saying that there's a full resolution, but yes, yeah. you will definitely notice a difference.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's very seldom that I'm not able to help someone. Very, very seldom. Way up there in the 90 percentile.
1: Mm-hmm. When you say that you could not help someone, what is usually the issue behind that?
2: Well, that's that's another good question. Again, there are very few people I haven't helped. But one right. of the things I've noticed is the people that I have not been successful with have been very, very thin, have virtually no body fat.
0: Mm. And my
2: sense my sense, I can't prove this, is mm. that the energy moves through the water and the fat in the body.
0: Interesting. When I'm correct
2: or not I can't say. But um yeah. The two people that I'm thinking of, uh, one was uh, a conga player who was, you know, just so skinny, and another was um, an Asian woman who was very, very thin, very, very thin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, there's no, it seemed like there wasn't a carrier for the energy, but I, you know, uh. I
1: can't
2: say for sure. I can't say for sure. Just an observation.
1: That's very interesting. So you do need some sort of a medium to transfer the energy. I've always been fascinated with the concept of the meridians in our body and the chakras. Can you kind of describe to us a typical session?
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Let me see. Um, uh, this afternoon, I'll describe
0: <laughs> This is the mm-hmm. session I'll be
2: doing this afternoon with a woman. Her initial complaint was bunions, mm-hmm. and people are always when I talk about bunions and how energetic healing can reduce bunions significantly so that you can avoid surgery. So her initial complaint was pain, uh, and she was unable to dance. Mm -hmm. So she was really um, very appreciative of the fact that after I treated her, she could dance. And then she was in a situation in which she was dancing (sighs) and exposed to very, very loud music. I mean, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. There must be some some other story going on here. But anyway, mm-hmm. she was exposed to very, very loud music, and as a result of that, she lost her hearing in one ear. Mm. And uh, she, you know, looked into it medically to find out what the diagnosis was. And anyway, it wasn't looking very good. But I was able to help her restore at least seventy percent of her hearing, of, of mm-hmm. her hearing, rather. And uh, I'm not complete with her. I'm not complete with her. And I like to say to people that I'm a very non-competitive person except when it comes to my work.
0: <laughs> and when it
2: comes to my work, I go for the gold and I want 110. Yeah. Sure. yeah.
1: Very interesting. In a situation like this, obviously this is a repeat treatment, but then it may not necessarily be for the same situation. It might be something else because I would imagine if, people with suffering certain things. It's a chain reaction. One causes the other, the other, the other, the other, and so forth. So sometimes the treatment needs to last several sessions simply because you're taking care of one and the next one will be two, three, four, and five. That's what I imagine. Is that correct?
2: Well, not necessarily. You know, uh-huh. remember, the energy moves through the body. So mm-hmm. the main complaint can be addressed, and the secondary complaints can also be addressed at the same time.
0: Gotcha. But gotcha. to have a
2: full resolution, to have a full resolution, I like to do three sessions. It's not mm-hmm. absolutely necessary, but I like to do three. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So
2: you asked about someone coming into the office. So what I do is I address... Um, I address this structural balance. Mm-hmm. So I take the slope of the shoulders. I look at the angling of the cheekbones, how the mm-hmm. eyes are focused, whether the head is skewed to one side. If one hand hangs uh, longer than the other, mm-hmm. that'll indicate there's some imbalance in the shoulders. I'll look at the ribcage, the angling of the ribcage. I'll look at the hips. I might look at the knees. I look at the way the feet are supporting the body, and I do this really quickly. I don't even think mm-hmm. it takes 10 seconds. And then I ask them to turn around, and I make a similar assessment. So I'm able to determine where the imbalances are in the body, mm-hmm. and uh, I very frequently go to the side opposite of where the main distress is. All right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I don't like the word block, you know, the areas yeah. that are blocked. Yeah. don't yeah. like that. So my preference is to use the words over-energy and Mm under-energy. So when I'm treating someone, I very, very frequently go to the area where there's over-energy and ask that energy to move to the opposite side where there's a deficit. And so it balances out um, the energy as well as the skeleton. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. That's very interesting.
2: Yes, it's a different approach. And this is something that I've just developed over the years. Um, I had to become a licensed masseuse in order mm-hmm. to touch people, and what I'm telling you and this technique that I'm using is something that uh <laughs> that I've developed with uh, a lot of help from upstairs
0: <laughs> sure sure
2: it it's true you know if you look at the structural balance and you really tune into that, you get so much information and then, when I do my remote healings
0: mm-hmm. when I
2: do my remote healings um I actually draw what I'm seeing psychically and then Mm -hmm. I frequently will heal from the drawing okay
0: so you know
2: if you have an imbalance in your shoulders or uh, Mm -hmm. wherever the imbalance is I I will get that information from the drawing that I'm looking at
1: Are you affected physically when you heal others?
2: It gives me great delight it doesn't exhaust me I don't particularly like to do three sessions in a row because I'm so active. I don't like to just <laughs> those three hours. But apart from that, you know, it's quite possible I can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to tell you, Johnny, I'm tuning into your sinuses. Would you like a little help with that?
1: Sure, <laughs> big time. I think <laughs> <So>, I. I'm, I'm... <laughs> so we should
2: tell the listeners we had a little chat before we went on the air about sinuses yeah. and. I was giving some information about how you can help yourself with sinuses. And it's based on an old um, yoga kriya. And actually, it's become popular. You can actually go to a drugstore and get a neti pot, a neti pot. But uh, that was not very appealing to Johnny. Let me tell you about a neti pot. Uh, you use salt water and just right. irrigate your nose and Johnny didn't like that idea. <laughs> <Don't blame him. laughs> no. But anyway, uh it's effective and um when I'm seeing now with Johnny, I'm looking at his sinus cavities, okay? So mm-hmm. as we're talking, I'm just going to get in there and uh oh, and he seems to be very responsive. So what I'm doing, I'm just trying to clear those areas uh psychically. Oh, this is really Johnny. You're doing fine. Uh, so this is one thing that can be done, and you know, one has many, many sinus points. I'll just tell you about them. Sure. Uh, over the eyebrows, over the eyebrows, under the eyes, sides of the nose. But in your case, Johnny, I am. You dropped a, a, a plumb line from the middle of your eye, looking straight ahead to about mm-hmm. two inches below your cheekbone. That's where I am. That's where I'm attracted.
1: That's where I'm
2: attracted. And it's actually going out to your eustachian tubes, okay? Do you ever have any issues with your ears being stopped up?
1: Yeah, and it's ringing occasionally.
2: Ringing. Both ears or just one?
1: Most of the time it's just one ear.
2: Mm -hmm. And which one would that be? The right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to hang here a little bit while I talk about
1: a homeopathic
2: remedy that's very useful for sinus conditions. And so I'm going to do it slowly. So if your listeners want to get a pen and pencil, a pen or pencil, Um, um, the remedy is called Calimure, and you can get it in many health food stores. You can also get it online. It's K-A-L-I-M-U-R. And, you know, the, the homeopathic cell salts are not very popular. They're um. under $10, <laughs> so nobody makes any money on them. So I think that's one yeah. reason they're not well-known. But uh, Cali Muir 30X, just take us directed um, and and do it for, uh, say, three, four weeks if you have a real sinus condition that's annoying, mm-hmm. and that should make a difference. If your mucus is clear <clears throat> and it's an allergic reaction, then you can get Nat Mer and Natmur, N-A-T-M-U-R, again, 30X for adults, um, mm-hmm. will help with allergic responses. So you more or less, more or less, if it's uh, an allergic response, it, the mucus will be clear.
1: I know it is uh, really... it's clear. My mucus oh, is it's clear.
2: clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you probably have an allergic reaction.
1: Mm. Okay. It's if affecting I'm... me... My my brains get foggy. When I read your book, it says foggy brain. Okay, that's what I need to address. That got your attention? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm in the process of studying my second book next month. I need to be focused. I need to have a clear mind. I'm trying to seek anything out there that will help me to do that.
2: Okay. Try the net in and um let's let's talk a little bit oh and can you see your sinuses are more open now?
1: Yeah, yeah. When you were talking earlier, when you mentioned something, it was like all of a sudden it, it clears up. My nose clears up a lot earlier. Right, it was exactly. like a few minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes, exactly. So there you go, listeners. <laughs> right there on the air with Johnny. The remote yeah. healing is effective. Yeah. So you're concerned about being um on target with your book? Now, yeah. you say your head's not clear. Is it worse in the morning or worse in the afternoon?
1: It gets better, actually, sometime in the evening. But in the morning, it's like real foggy. I'm dragging because of this issue about my nose being stopped up and I can sense that I have fluid, basically. And so it's aggravating from that perspective.
2: Okay. Let me give you some uh, some kitchen remedies. How's that? <laughs> that may not be in the book. Um, and this again for the listeners, get your get your pen and pencils.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: if you, if you get an essential oil that's called a lemongrass, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I heard of that. Uh, yes.
2: Yeah, it's it's a great remedy, uh, and we're talking about your situation right now,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Johnny,
2: to, to feel better when you wake up in the morning, more alert. So mm-hmm. you can spray your room with uh, a mixture of lemongrass, essential oil, and water. And I would say about 10 drops of uh, essential oil to 4 ounces of water. All right? And you Mm -hmm. put it in a spray bottle and spray your room, spray your pillow. Spray your pillow, Johnny. And do you Mm -hmm. know if you use a feather pillow? Do you use a feather pillow?
1: No, I don't think so. so I don't know what the material is. Actually, I sleep on a low neck roll because that helps me okay. to just go to bed real quickly. So that's all I use.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Well, let me comment um, for your listeners if you have allergic responses, mm-hmm. uh, it's better not to use a feather pillow or a down quilt. Be okay. aware that those two items can contribute to sinus conditions. Okay. So you want to be a hypoallergenic pillow and and not use the down quilt. So that would be two things. So spray your room
0: mm-hmm. and
2: um, and do that and spray your your little neck roll before you go to bed.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: And then when you get up in the morning, you can spray just spray in front of you and then put your face into the spray. So that's huh. help. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that should help exactly. open up the the sinuses. And let me see what else you might need. Um, you sleep soundly. You put your head on the neck roll, and you're out. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Somehow it just sort of cradled my neck. It, it just feels very comfortable. So I'm one of those guys that sleep on my back. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: fine. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Let me see. Um, I'm just uh, looking now. Um, So let's go to your bedroom for a moment. Mm -hmm. Can you think of anything in your bedroom that might be contributing to your allergic responses?
1: It's probably a little dusty, that's all. (laughs) I've been cleaning for a while, yeah. You make a lot of sense in terms of what you're talking about, what I like about it. My nose is clearing up for sure.
2: Great. So we opened up the sinuses. Here's another little trick you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of enliven the brain. Yeah. So we all know where the soft spot is on the baby, on a baby, top of the head. Mm-hmm. Right? So put your fingertips together mm-hmm. at the top of the head. Okay. Put your fingertips together at the top of the head, and then just bend over and press uh, your fingertips on the mm-hmm. top of the head. And that really enlivens the whole area.
1: So you so have to bend over be, to do that.
2: Yes. So okay. now you, it's probably not convenient to do that right now. That's right.
1: It, <laughs> I'll definitely do that. <laughs> I'm going to check a, that out for sure. I'm definitely right, going to check it's
2: that out. It's, it's a very good thing to do to, again, to enliven and get rid of that fog.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was my number one concern. It's like, okay, great. This is something that... I need to be really crystal clear here, and I'm feeling foggy. So that's the first word that I uh, connected with when I read your book with regards to sinus congestion. So I said, okay, cool. I need to ask her about this.
2: (laughs) Right, right. Good, good, good. Well, I'm glad we, we addressed it. I'm glad we addressed it.
1: So let's get back to your book. Why did you decide to write Healer's Hands, Healer's Heart?
2: Well, again, I've been doing this for many years, mm. and it just felt like the time was right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the time was right to come out with my book, to be very public with it, to inform people about possibilities. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I, I think, you know, as a service, more than anything else, uh, I think the medical community is changing. Uh, alternative health care is becoming uh, more popular. Mm-hmm. And... With all due respect to many physicians, um, just because they identify themselves as alternative practitioners, the patient Mm -hmm. still needs to be intuitive about whether it's a good match or not.
1: Right, right. So true. Really,
2: right. So, you know, to identify yourself as an alternative healthcare practitioner, and you took a course, for instance, (laughs) doesn't really make you... uh, a healthcare practitioner with an alternative base, you know. Or the thing that really um, can be very disturbing to me, I've been teaching yoga for over 40 years and Mm -hmm. there are schools now, I call them yoga mills. If you take Mm -hmm. a three-month course, you become a yoga teacher. Really? Well, I think that's, you know, that's not really quite appropriate. You have to really Mm, fine-tune your ability as a teacher because yoga is very powerful. And you know just to put yourself out as a teacher because you took a three-month course, mm, I don't think so.
1: Well, you may understand the mechanics of it, but you don't understand the overall concept of the inner stuff, the inner movement of yoga and how it relates to the spirituality sides and so forth and all that. And I agree with that because one of the things that my late ballroom instructor mom taught me was, she asked me the very first question, do you want to dance or you want to dance? And I said, come well, I mean, what's the difference? Well, if you want to dance, I'll teach you some patterns that you can do and look good. Or if you want to dance, and that's where she stretched out her hand in that nice, wonderful walls frame, and I said, yes, I want to do that. And well, guess what? That took forever <laughs> to what? learn. So I understand where you're coming from because for you is a lifetime learning and your knowledge of yoga is truly comprehensive and you shared that in the book in some ways through the testimonials that you have from your various clients that have been treated successfully and your understanding of energy movement in the body is totally fascinating yes
2: yes well i well, am what you are you are you a dancer
1: yeah, I'm a ballroom dancer and instructor, yes. My dance mm-hmm. partner and I have performed several places and so forth, so we enjoy it. As a matter of fact, we have a performance this weekend. So I understand the concept of body movement and the certain things that's more than just exercising or just dancing. Exactly. I'm very appreciative of the fact that you have this in-depth knowledge of energy movement in the body. And one of the things I actually want to ask you about is the concept of understanding our energy ch- chakras. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yes. I can tell you a lot about it or a little bit about it. <laughs> oh, my. Um, well, I'd like to look at the psychological components mm-hmm. of uh, the chakras. Mm-hmm. I, I, may I do that? Yes, yes. Okay. So I'm not going to go in any specific order, but I'm going to look at the yeah. solar plexus. Now, the solar plexus is considered the seat of the ego, all right? So a lot of times people will have control issues, and those control issues can take the form of digestive complaints or just um, kind of a an internal kind of control. You know, they were very contained people. And so, again, the solar plexus is considered the seat of the ego. And I do want to um, comment that two statements relate to the ego mm-hmm. uh, or can relate to the ego. One is, I'm so wonderful, and the other one is, I'm not good enough. In both cases, we're talking about ego.
1: I think that's very interesting. I mean, I think a lot of times we don't realize that.
2: Yeah. Particularly, I mean, it's obvious, I'm so great, I'm so great, that's an ego issue. But if you say, I'm not so great, I'm not so great, (laughs) it's still ego, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So that's the solar plexus. The heart chakra is very interesting. And the heart chakra also relates to the thymus. So the thymus is important for creating T cells and having an open heart Mm-hmm. So this this is located actually uh, at the sternum, at the sternum. So uh, if a person is experiencing a lot of emotional issues, uh, the shoulders can come forward and the heart chakra can be affected by um, the structure of the shoulders. So let me go mm-hmm. through that again. So a person is coming forward with his shoulders because they're protecting themselves, because of an emotional issue, mm-hmm. and and it affects the heart chakra, so you need to get the shoulders back and you need to open up the heart chakra. So that's what I see for the heart chakra. The thyroid is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thyroid, uh, the thyroid can be the connector to the higher chakras. And very frequently, if a person has difficulty speaking up, you'll find that there's less energy in this area, right around where uh, above the collarbones, mm-hmm. right above mm-hmm. the collarbones on the throat. So, that's something that can be very uh, interesting if you're using these chakras for any diagnostic reasons, you know, in terms of finding out more about yeah. an individual and you, you see where. There are, uh, the energy is less, then you can Mm -hmm. begin to ask questions, you know, about the heart, about the solar plexus, about, uh, you know, are you afraid to speak up? Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. the witnessing chakra to me is a fascinating uh, chakra, and this is the area between the eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And this is an area that has been quite a challenge for me. Because it has to do with witnessing and detaching. And this is a very interesting concept. So to detach and witness does not mean that you are unaffected by an issue. It doesn't mean that you love someone less or that you care less. Right. It just means that you are witnessing what's going on. So if your listeners are embroiled in some kind of situation now and they can take a step back and witness, Rather than be embroiled by the situation, yeah. they'll probably be more effective in the interaction.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's a chakra that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Actually, it's near and dear to yeah. my brow.
0: Yeah.
2: But and yeah. then the the top of the head. We talked about the soft spot. Right. Uh, where where a baby have a soft mm-hmm. spot. Did you know? Uh, very enlightened yogis have a soft spot there, the energy actually goes there and creates a soft spot in adults who are very, very advanced. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah very interesting. Those are and, wonderful um, information.
0: Truly <laughs> I'm, I'm it. You're yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
2: I, if people actually um, want to use the technique in my book for Balancing the chakras, uh, it's a very easy thing to do. And you'll become aware of these different areas that may have deficits. And the book describes how to enliven these areas so that the chakras are more balanced.
1: That's what I like about it. You talk a little bit about how to deflect negative energy and so forth. And that's important because the interesting thing about energy, like you were talking about, it has a balance. you got the plus side and the minus side. You can't just have all pluses and no minuses, nor can you have all minuses and no pluses. You're talking about the balancing act here, correct? Yes,
2: yes. And the balancing, uh, I, you know, again, I don't know if I would describe it negative and positive. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, to enliven and enrich mm-hmm. each mm-hmm. chakra so that in your hand, you actually can feel uh the same vibration from the different areas that's the ideal so in other words say you're you're dealing with someone who's afraid to speak up and right. they don't have much energy at the uh the throat chakra, but they have a lot of energy, say in the solar plexus mm-hmm. so if you do the technique that I described in the book, you're able mm-hmm. to balance the energy so that you have a similar amount of energy in each chakra, so it's not so much negative and positive, but more an equal. Um, uh, equal I'm distribution. Gonna say yes, thank you, <laughs> thank
0: yeah, you.
1: Yeah, equal distribution. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very interesting. What I like about your book is the fact that you do talk about ordinary people can learn how to heal. Please tell us about that.
2: Sure. Um, so one of the things. Oh, actually, I'm doing. Um, I'm I'm doing a six month comprehensive workshop, mm-hmm. and uh, I am teaching people more in depth about how to use these techniques. So I'm just going to talk about uh, assessing the body one more time, mm-hmm. and so you take a look at what's going on in terms of structural balance. And then the placement of the hands is very critical because a lot of people have energy in their hands, but the placement of the hands, in my opinion, is more critical than the actual energy. So you want to go to the areas in which there is an over energy, which I described before, and watch that change. So let's take a look at uh, someone who has a high right hip. Okay. And they have pain in their left knee. All mm-hmm. right, high right hip, pain in their left knee. Well, if you energetically bring that high right hip down, it can mm-hmm. positively affect the left knee. All right. So, uh, so to tune into possibilities, um, it's important to look at these imbalances and how things can actually complement each other. So I do, there's an exercise in my book in which I teach people how to bring energy to their hands, mm-hmm. and that's important. But I think more importantly, if you have the intention that you want to help mm-hmm. and get your ego out of the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. remember, it's not you. You are merely a conduit. <laughs> You're right. You are merely a conduit. So, you know, if you want to help someone, take a look at the structural imbalances and remember to go to the high side and have the intention that you are um, just the catalyst and you are acting as the conduit for this energy and you allow the energy to go where it's needed.
1: Very interesting. You also do work on animals. Please tell us about that.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, it's the same principle. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, um, well, actually, in my book, I describe the work that I did with a, I think it was a six-ounce, seven-year-old monkey, or I could have it backwards. It could be a seven-ounce, six-year-old, but a little, little, little tiny monkey that uh, was having problems navigating. So I worked on the hind end. Most recently I worked on a schnauzer that had Mm -hmm. arthritis in the hind end. And so I I treated the dog and uh, helped the dog disperse the arthritis. Mm -hmm. Um, A very dramatic healing on an animal, a little um, little tiny chihuahua Mm -hmm. uh, was, had an injury and was shaking and was in shock and wasn't looking very promising. And I want to tell you, this little dog just responded so well in two sessions. The Chihuahua was up and running. So, you know, all kinds of things, cancers in animals as well.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, hip dysplasia is a big item mm-hmm,
0: in terms mm-hmm.
2: of its prevalence. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, I also do food testing for animals as mm-hmm. well as for people. And sometimes animals can have digestive complaints or they can have issues with their their joints and it can mm. be related to the food. So, you know, the most pure diet is not necessarily the best diet. So There are mm. individual biochemical differences for animals just as there are for right. people.
1: Right, right. That's so true, though. You also work with lots of celebrities and athletes. Thank goodness they've given you some wonderful testimonials in the book. So can you share some of those successful client stories with us?
2: Certainly. Um, My favorite story about Rick Barry, who is a basketball Mm -hmm. hall of famer, Uh, He was so generous with his time. Um, He uh, was traveling uh, on Delta and we were able to meet in the red carpet room at Delta and the Fox News Cruise was there. News, did I say that? Fox News Crew crew, (laughs) was there and if you care to see that interview, it's on my uh, homepage Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: Um, he came in with many, many complaints and was very, as I said, generous with his time and his comments, his shoulder hurt, his knee hurt. I don't know, he wasn't feeling, uh, he wasn't feeling, uh, he wasn't pain-free, shall we say. And I worked with him and I thought, oh, can I really do this in 20 minutes? And yes, I was able to. (laughs) (laughs) And we we captured it. We captured it on Fox News. So that was, um, that was a, That was quite a
1: coup. (laughs) I'm so happy for you about that because a lot of times people are skeptical about alternative medicine. I know that you have built over the years such a wonderful reputation. You have worked with physicians and other practitioners to really incorporate your concept to help people. And it's proven to be a very successful endeavor for you.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I I want to quote uh, Mike Stolberg, who is a retired psychiatrist now. I had lunch with him recently. And I believe in my book, I use this quote, I don't know what she does, but whatever it is, it works. (laughs) (laughs) So he too was very generous with his time. We go back almost 30 years in which he was um, director of recovered unit at our local hospital and i was i was doing i was teaching actually yoga to um mm. people who were in treatment
0: mm.
2: and i I used to do individual sessions as well, and he was always a very staunch supporter of mine so you know it's 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 very reassuring i mean I've been sure. doing this for so many years, and it's nice now to to treat the children of the children of the children
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> I mean, right.
2: Right, You know, so that's that's very rewarding.
1: Well, Dr. K., I hear so much passion in your voice, and I'm really truly excited and honored to have you on the air with me. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading Healer's Hand, Healer's Heart?
2: Well, I'd like to have them have a smile on their face as a result of (laughs) this. And to look at possibilities, just to look Mm -hmm. at possibilities. If you do the medical model, please be sure to get a second opinion. And, you know, just if someone is doing alternative uh, medicine or, you know, I'm not a physician or an alternative practitioner, use your intuition. Use your intuition. Make sure you're a good match with the, that person, okay? Yeah. Make sure you're a good match with this, that person. I mean, Yelp can be very useful, but I think uh, your intuition and your heart can tell you even more than uh, what Yelp
1: might tell you. <laughs> Certainly. Where can someone go to buy your book, get more information about you, and contact you for a possible session?
2: Certainly. Okay, I'll do this slowly. So Amazon uh, has my book, and it's Healer's Hands, Healer's Heart. My name is Gloria Kaye, and in terms of my website, which is being redone at the moment, uh, just just um, um, go to drgloriak.com, drgloriak.com. And even when it's redone, you'll still be able to find me. <laughs> I'm going to a WordPress, and please, mm-hmm. um, listeners, do not use the contact page because it's a mess. <laughs> just call me directly. So my direct One. line, and this is on my, my website as well, mm-hmm. my direct line, is 805-701-0363, 805-701-0363. Don't hesitate to call me. I will get back to you. Sometimes it might take me 24 hours, but I will get back to you. Do remote healings, uh, any any issues that you want me to address, uh, I can do it remotely, and that means we set up a time And I treat it just as if you were in my office uh, for an in-person healing. So uh, they're very, very powerful, very, very powerful. Uh, Do I have another moment or do I need to rewind? Yes,
1: yes, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So I want to just tell you how powerful these remote healings are. I was working with a woman yesterday who had a horrible fall. Oh, my goodness. Uh, She was, if she had hit her head in a slightly different way, She would have been dead. So yesterday I was working on uh, a sciatic issue for her, and she was still traumatized by the accident that she had two weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. so she was lying on my sofa in the office, and in order to get a more effective response, I actually moved my chair about three feet away from her and sent energy remotely to her, even though she was in my office. And I'm just using this as an example to let you know how powerful the remote healing is. I couldn't quite, with doing hands-on, get everything that I wanted. So for about 10 minutes, I actually did remote healing with her, even though she was in the office. So don't hesitate to call if you have an issue and you'd like me to to help you with it. And and just call directly, again, 805-701-0363. And uh, if you wish to email me, it's K at aol.com, okay? And uh, again, forget that contact
0: page. It's wonderful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wonderful. By the way, we are at the end of the show. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning?
2: Well, uh sure. And it has to do with smiling. <laughs>
1: All right.
2: So, I have many mentors and one mentor that I adore and happen to have just spent 4 days with her. Put a smile on your face before you answer the phone.
1: <laughs> that is a so beautiful um, recipe for living.
2: <laughs> put a smile on, on your on your put a smile on your face before you answer the phone and then you have a smile in your voice.
0: So you become
1: more magnetic and uh, more interesting, yes. Fantastic. I love that. I tell you, in the years I've done this show, this is probably one of the best, if not the best, simple advice, recipe (laughs) for living, that I thought is just beautiful. You're right, because (laughs) when I get on the air in the morning to talk to my guests, you're right. We do it without even thinking about it, like, Hello everyone. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. I have the smile on my face and you can feel it. And all, all right. this entire hour, I felt the smile on your face as well.
0: So that's oh, fantastic. God, thank you. Yeah. Well,
1: Dr. K, thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guest will be Marie Jagopoulos. She is an intuitive counselor, healer, and spiritual mentor. Marie will be hosting and conducting her bi-weekly Meditation for Moms series. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Dr. K, it has truly been a pleasure. Thank you again Mm -hmm. and have a blessed day.
2: And thank you.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.